I was riding in the car with my youngest daughter, Sally, this week, and she said, Dad, are you teaching this weekend? And I said, yeah, I'm teaching this weekend. She said, are you teaching at Brentwood? And I said, yeah, I'm teaching at Brentwood. We have Brentwood campus, Franklin campus. And when my kids ask me this question, what I know is she's not interested in what Daddy does at all. She knows that uh, if I'm teaching, in particular at the Brentwood campus, which means a Saturday night and all day Sunday, or not all day Sunday, you know, Sunday morning, um, that, it, that she's not going to get to do some of the things that she's probably planning to do. And sure enough, she'd been making plans, and Lisa's out of town this weekend, so it's just me and the kids, and she, she wanted to know, could I take her here, could I take her there, and all, all, all of those things. But she did say, well, what are you teaching? I said, we're teaching the book of Jonah. And, and uh, she goes, I-, I thought we were done with that. <laughs> now, the thing is, she's in the service. <laughs> you know, they're here. All, all my kids come to the service. Um, and so it made me curious. I go, do you even know the book of Jonah? <laughs> you know the book of Jonah? She goes, yeah, I know the book of Jonah. I said, well, tell me the story. And man, I'm telling you, she didn't miss a beat. It's this guy named Jonah. God called him to go to Nineveh. And he didn't want to go to Nineveh. And Nineveh was to the east, but Jonah went to the west. And then this great storm came up. And she's acting it out. It's very dramatic, you know, going through the whole story. And she does the whole story. That She gets to, to, to the story part of going to Nineveh. He finally goes to Nineveh. He does go to Nineveh. And when he gets there, he, he preaches. And everyone comes to faith in God. And he doesn't destroy the city. The end. And I go, well, what about chapter 4? She goes, I didn't know there was a chapter 4, you know. Uh, I I wish that there were no chapter 4. I don't like chapter 4. I like ending at chapter 3 because that means happily ever after. Reluctant prophet becomes the obedient evangelist. And quite frankly, he, he, he proclaims, you know, the word of God. It's the biggest revival in the history of the world. It literally is. The end. No, not the end. There's chapter 4. Chapter 4 makes me very uncomfortable because far from being a fish story, I think it's especially in chapter 4, we realize Jonah is a heart story. That that God in this whole story, is he's, he's not primarily been about getting Jonah's obedience. That matters. He's about getting Jonah's heart. And it's no different for you and for me. Hmm. See, that's why it makes me uncomfortable. He's always after the heart. You see, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad to be here. Uh, I, 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 I raise my hand when we're singing. You know, some of you cut a check and put it in the offering. You are serving, you're giving. Please understand, we can do all these things and our hearts could be a trillion miles from God what we find in chapter 4. I'm not sure where this message is going to go in terms of application for you, but I can tell you this, over the course of the week, it has put me in sackcloth and ashes. And to the degree that uh, you need to join me, I've been praying all week, some of you might. Open your Bibles to the book of Jonah or your booklet Chapter 4, open your Bible's book of Jonah. We have come to the last chapter in the book, but in order to feel the weight of it, uh, we got to start in a part of chapter 3. When I open my Bible right here, you know, this is Jonah. So I just can look at all four chapters in one fail swoop. 
Chapter 3, Michael covered it last week, is about at least two things. It's about obedience. The importance of obedience. It's about the obedience of Jonah. It's about the obedience of the Ninevites. Chapter 3 is also about grace. It is, as Michael defined it, undeserved favor in the face of deserved wrath. Keep that in mind. Undeserved favor in the face of deserved wrath. See, that's great. What you deserve, you don't get. What you don't deserve at all, you get. See, this is grace. Barbaric would be too tame a term for the Ninevites. Okay, that's all I'm going to say on that. We've covered it. We know how bad they were. Beyond barbaric. Israel has felt that the brunt of their evil and harm. And by the way, Jonah probably knows, so he's got some, he probably knows they're going to feel it again because some of his peers have already prophesied of that. Jonah gets a second chance at obedience. He takes it, he goes to Nineveh, he preaches, and the whole city comes to faith in God. Start with me at uh, chapter 3, verse 9. The, the king has issued a decree, and I just want us to, what I'm going to do is I want you to feel the, how, how chapter 3 ends. I want you to feel it, it, it ends up here. Wow. I want you to feel it in there, and then I want you to feel the weight of that as we pick up verses 1 through 4 of chapter 4. King issues a decree. Everyone turn from their wicked way. Verse 9. Who knows? God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked way, then God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But it greatly displeased Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. For I knew, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and one who relents concerning calamity. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for death is better to me than life. The Lord said, do you have good reason to be angry? I'm going to give you three uh, phrases to hang the passage upon. So we kind of go, okay, what, what happens here? What ha- you know, what's he talking about? It's, it's this, verse 1, uh, I'll just say it, it's an evil response. Verse 1 is an evil response. Uh, verses 2 and 3 are an honest prayer. So you got an evil response, then you have this honest prayer And we'll end at verse 4 with a gracious question. Why would I describe those things that way? Let's start with an evil response. The literal translation in verse 1 is this. It was evil to Jonah. What God just did, that was evil to Jonah. Now, the gravity of that needs to hit us. The word greatly displeased, it's the, the, the root word for evil, and it's the same word translated, if you'll look up above in verse 10, it says, God relented concerning the calamity, right above it says, God saw their deeds that they turned from their wicked 
What, same word as it greatly displeased Jonah. Go down to verse 8, chapter 3. God, call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked way. Same word as displeased. It displeased. It was wicked to Jonah. Go all the way back to chapter 1. I want you to see this. This word goes all the way through. Chapter 1, verse 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it for their wickedness. See, this is the same words now used of Jonah. So the prophet now, the, 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 the evil, the wickedness, which describes Ninevites, mm, is, is on Jonah now. He ascribes to God's gracious act. It's wicked. Ooh, it's got, you don't even want to say it, but he does. Throughout the book, Bill has reminded us very early on that the author is comparing and contrasting. You know, compare this, compare Jonah to the fish, compare Jonah to the sailors, compare Jonah to God. And I'm telling you, the brightest, it explodes off the, off the page, the contrast between Jonah and God here at 3.9 and 4.1. 3.9, who knows, God may turn and relent and withdraw, with, withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish Chapter 4, verse 1, but it greatly displeased. It was evil to Jonah, and he became angry. Oh, my gosh. God withdraws his anger, and Jonah's anger is shooting through the roof. You want to talk about contrasted. I want to be so careful here. Nowhere in the text do we get the sense at all, and nowhere in the Bible do you get the sense that God says anger is evil. No, 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 no. Anger is one of, if not, if not the most powerful emotion that God has gifted us with. It's not bad. It's good. Let me tell you something. When someone does you harm and you get angry, that is right. If someone does evil and you don't get angry, something is wrong. Do you see that? Anger. Oh, it's, it's a gift. It's an emotion. You feel it. God doesn't say, you should not be angry. No, no, no. The problem here in Jonah 4 is what? It's, it's, the re, it's, what's it? it's the reason you're angry, Jonah. You remember we entitled this series, if you have your program, the, the whole series is entitled Jonah, When Grace Makes You Angry. Has anybody else struggled with that the whole time? We're, we're in it? I've struggled with it the whole time, and we came up with it. But, but it happened. Grace made him angry. What is that about? I thought grace makes you happy. I thought grace makes you grateful. Well, it seems that grace can make you angry, and it does Jonah. Why? Well, that comes in the honest prayer. He answers the question. He prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish. Because I knew, I, I knew it. You are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and one who relents concerning calamity. God, that's who you are. That's your character. And he's spot on. You see, his theology is perfect. Mm. But his heart is profoundly out of line with God's heart and character. You see that? See, that's the first problem this honest prayer, it's very revealing, isn't it? But it reveals the first problem he's got. His heart's way out of line. But there's a second problem the prayer reveals. 
And it's found in that little phrase, if you look in verse 2, was not this what I said while I was still in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to to Tarshish. The Hebrew word there, to, to forestall, is I got a step ahead of you. It's to go in front of. Now think about that. See, I got in front of you, God. Now think about what he's saying. You talk about the most dangerous place on the planet. It's to be one step in front of God. See, we were made, we're wired, we're designed to to, to live life to the fullest. Here's God one step behind him, if I could use that phrase. To follow him wherever he goes, to follow him. Jonah says, I know, I know what, I know what you're going to, I know you're going to give grace to these sorry people. I, I'm going to get one step in front of you. Does that feel foolish to you? It does, it feels foolish to me to even do it up on stage. I'm one step in front of God. Here's the problem. We often don't know that we're one step in front of God until God doesn't do what we expect him to do. Or what we think he should do. Because we're one step in front of him to take care. In other words, I'm going to work this out so it goes in my way. But when it doesn't go our way, listen to this. Our response to those events tells us, I'm one step in front of God. Do you see that? When I felt the Lord, sensed God, and, you know, calling me, if I could say that, to to vocational Christian ministry. There was just a sense, I remember when I really was growing in my faith that I wanted to be a part of, I wanted to help people know Christ and grow in their faith with Christ. And I, and I, and I went on staff with, with a Campus Crusade. It's called Crew now. And then, and, and then uh, come here to plant this church. There, was, there, was, there were parts of that, I must say, in hindsight, where I, I, got, I, I got in front of God. Now, I didn't know I was a step in front of God, but I got to tell you this. I, I, I felt deep down in light of the sacrifices I was making and those things that, that things were going to go well. That, um, mm, you know, I mean, this is kingdom work. I mean, this is the church. We're going to all love each other. We're going to be happy. It's going to be good. We're not going to harm. I'm not going to harm anybody. They're not going to harm. You don't do that in kingdom work. It's all going to be glorious. God's going to do Let me tell you, I, when it didn't go that way, and I, I want to say before you, it's never gone that way, and it never will go that way. But when it didn't, my response to it at times was not very good. And my response told me, well, you're one step in front of God. (laughs) You're not following him. There's an African proverb that says, whatever a man is filled with will spill out when you bump into him. See, I think our responses to life are generally a more accurate reflection of our hearts than our activities in life. Darden and I were at a restaurant, my son, recently up in the mountains, North Georgia, and we're in this tiny restaurant, seats maybe 25 people, and we're there, and I'm waiting. There's a table that's cleared, that's not cleared, it's open, and we're waiting for five, ten minutes. A guy walks in beside me. He just kind of looks around. He goes and takes the table. I'm waiting for him to clear the table so we can sit there. He goes and takes the table. And I don't, I don't say anything, you know. And Darden's kind of sitting there, and he knows what's going on in my mind. And then just the restaurant staff, you know, they're just they're kind of ignoring us or whatever. I'm just fuming. And, but, but I'm smiling. <laughs> and when she came and said, oh, do, do you need a table? I'm not even going to tell you what I said. 
But when we sat down, my son said, I'm going to have to bail you out again. Huh? You know, because I did not say something kind to the lady. I went, well, why did I say that? Because it was in my heart. <laughs> because that was, that was what was in my heart. You know, not, not my smile, but my, hmm. She bumped me and ooh, it spilled out. You can bank on God's responses and actions being perfectly and always consistent with his character. Bank on it. But you do not bank on God doing, allowing, orchestrating things in ways that you think, that I think, are best, right, this is how it's going to go. You see that? Don't bank on that. There's one God, it's not me, and it's not Jonah. Well, this is why I think God's response in the last verse, verse 4, is pure grace. Pure grace. A gracious question, verse 4. Listen to this. God could have answered his prayer, right? Take my, God. Could, I mean, how difficult would it have been for God to, I mean, just remove his prophet from this struggle and this angst and this, oh, he's going... Why doesn't God just remove him? Why doesn't God relieve the, the, the struggle of faith? Because he's a gracious God, patient, abounding in loving kindness. And he's after the prophet's heart, the petulant prophet, the petulant teacher. He's after our hearts. I want to suggest that right here, Jonah's on the precipice of taking a step that will transform his heart. I I think he's right on the verge of taking a step that will transform his heart. Now, we're going to be in chapter 3 for the next two weeks. We'll see if he does. But I want to move, quite frankly, to application for us right now. That's the passage. You got it. How about that? He's angry at grace. He's so mad he wants to be... Take his life away. So what does that mean for you and I? The reason I don't like chapter four because not, is not because it makes Jonah look bad. See, I don't read that and go, what an idiot. Or, you know, he's crazy. You know, why can't Jonah? I, I, I personally don't do that. I look at, I, I read it and, and it makes me look bad. It makes me look bad. I'm honest. Let me be very specific if I can. Uh, there are groups of people that I cannot stand. That I, I, I want you to know that, you know, I, I can stand up here and, and lie to you, but I won't. That, that you know, there, uh, and this is, I don't mean to offend anybody, but, you know, uh, people involved in child pornography, I, I'm just saying, you know, or child abuse, you know, and I'm, there's things in me that just, and it, the bottom line is, is that, you know, they're Ninevites, and so am I. And so the grace that I've, I've received, it's like, I don't want to give it to them. See, I'm, my, my heart is way out of whack. My values are way out of whack if I think, well, they're bad. And so they don't, so you see what I'm saying? But that's the truth. That's my honest prayer. But it gets worse. Um, I say it gets worse because I actually get angry at the thought of God's grace being poured out on the righteous. Here's what I mean. There are people, brothers and sisters in Christ, 
uh, who over the years I've gotten sideways with, who I've harmed and they've harmed me. It just hadn't gone well. It's just the truth. And when God's good to them, I, I don't like it. How about that? That's bad. I get angry at God's grace. It gets a little worse. I like not liking them. <laughs> now, we giggle, and I giggle, I, I, but it's, it's weird. Is it weird? Uh, I don't think it, I don't think, I just think it's wicked. Can I call it, can we call it what it is? It's sin. Sin. And I'm covering myself in sackcloth and ashes because remember that means I deserve to die. Just to be ashes. And I'm just saying that's, that's what that deserves. I'm not beating myself up, you know, trust, but I'm going, that's my heart. I deserve death. But I get grace. Hmm. I mentioned Jonah had one more step to take that could change everything for him. It's a step the sailors took, the Ninevites took, the king took. It's a step Bill talked about, Michael talked about. It's a step of repentance. It's, it's, it's repentance. What is repentance? It's to be going one way and it's to turn from and turn to God. That's repentance. They turn from their wicked way. Will I? See, will I turn from my wicked way? It's I have no idea if you find the heart of Jonah in your own heart as I do. Some of you may be out there going, I have no idea why this guy's a teacher. Why is he teaching the Bible? You know, I, don't, I don't know what's going on through your mind, but I'm, I'm just telling you if, you, if you, if you don't have any of that, good for you. If you do, if there are times when God's grace makes you angry, I want to invite you to get honest about it and go beyond an honest prayer because we're at the honest prayer, but there's something beyond the honest prayer that we see if Jonah does, and that's repent, repent, turn from it. Sometimes our faith decisions are made more real to us, I think, when we, um, when we act them out, if I can say that. And this is, some of you are going, man, I didn't know I was going to get this this morning at church. But uh, sometimes you, we, I think our decisions, we can in our minds repent. I'm sorry, I repent. But sometimes physically, if our bodies will move a little, that, that I, I do think it, it, it can go deeper. You know, it can go deeper in our heart. And so what I want to invite you to do this morning, and, and I, you know, I'm doing this in all the services, and, and it's, but I've been doing it all week. And I'm going to join you because I'm going to take my seat with you, and uh, I'm going to have an honest prayer. I'm going I'm to talk to God, and I'm going to name names, and it's this honest prayer, you know. I knew you were a gracious God, and I don't like it when you're kind to, and when you, I want to have that honest prayer. And then I'm going to get up from my chair, and I'm going to come kneel up here. And, uh, and I want to invite you to do the same if you feel so led. Please know you do not have to do this. You don't have to get out of your chair to deal with God, not at all. I'm doing it because I, I want to physically move my body in repentance. Selfishly, I'm doing this for me. <laughs> and I want to come up here, and, and, and I'm going to kneel and it's kind of my act of repentance in a sense. And, and here, I just want to stay here and pray. And I want to leave it at the foot of the cross. I want to put it near the cross. I want to go, Lord, this is, I'm turning from it. And I turn to you. I need grace. Because notice this in the story, as important as obedience is, and don't hear dismiss obedience. I mean, obedience matters. It didn't change Jonah, did it? 
It didn't change him. And it doesn't change us if our obedience doesn't flow from grace. Not to get grace, but as recipients of grace. God, you accept me in the beloved. You accept me. I'm free. I'm glad. I want to obey, you see. Well, well, grace is a gift. You don't earn it, you receive it. What, what do you do? You repent. I'm going to invite you to do the same. So I'm going to turn my mic off. Uh, we have 10 minutes, just over 10 minutes, and so we're going to sit. And I'll ask you to sit where you are, and if the Lord so leads. Is there an honest prayer you need to have with God? And if the Lord so leads, this, this is not easy. Uh, trust me, if you're sitting in the middle here somewhere, what it'll cost you to get up and say, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You, you know, I, I get, I do understand that. So I, I know it's not easy and I'm, I don't want to make it, I don't want to make it easy, but I also want you to know you don't have to get up to do this. But then come and kneel. And I've asked James to pray over us. God in his providence has put James amongst us this weekend. And if there's anybody in the room who's living in ways of grace, I've never had my village attacked. Somebody kill someone I love and then go back and go, I've never done that. He lives it. And so I've asked James Bach to pray over me. And if you want him to pray over you, join me here. And of course, he's praying over you in your chair as well. But that's what we'll do for these moments, okay? And then I will dismiss us. Father God, in Jesus' name, we want to thank you for being a gracious God, for being a loving God. On the cross, Jesus Christ died for us. And that give us hope in you. We want to thank you for your beauty. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your greatness. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you have called us to yourself. And Father God, we come before you this day. Acknowledging that we are broken in our own ways. We have Jonas in our hearts. We have harmed others. Knowing or unknowing. We have harmed our families. We have harmed our friends. We have harmed our relatives. We have harmed our community members in ways that we don't know or we know. And Father, we come before you in repentance. Asking you, Lord, to forgive us. Asking you, Lord, to give us the ability to forgive those who have harmed us. Lord, we pray that by your grace, by your wounds, we are healed. May your light shine on our hearts. 
on the darkest hearts of our hearts, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you will shine there and you give us grace that sustain us, that give us life. We acknowledge that without, without your forgiveness, there can be no family. Uh -uh. Without, without your forgiveness, there can be no community. Without your forgiveness, there can be no nation. And we come before you, Lord, as broken as we are. Mm -hmm. And we ask you to forgive us. Mm -hmm. Make us whole again. We pray that, Lord, you will hear our prayers. Mm -hmm. Because you are our God. Thank you, Lord, for hearing us. We pray this in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. If you, y'all, those of you up front, just stay there because I'll dismiss you. But you can, if everyone would stand, I will send you out. And uh, if I can remind you of this, I think that one of the things I see in Jonah and in this picture is, um, if I can say this. Uh, this seems to be the normal Christian life. Honest prayer, repentance, walk in grace. I don't know that I could pray at any time during the day. I don't mean, I'm not trying to exaggerate this. And, 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 and not have something to repent of at some level, most of the time. And so my prayer for us is that indeed it might be our walk of faith, repentance, a fabric of our faith because we are a broken people and we all need grace. I want somebody to, I want to be, you know, I want to get poor service at a restaurant and when she bumps into me, I want grace to come out. Not the darkness. May that be true for all of us to his glory. God bless.